I don't got it. Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> This is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Welcome to your football fantasy. Alright, you chode chuggers. I said that because. That was an insult one of my wife's students threw at her Ooh, this week. Chode. Chode. She said she hadn't heard that word since high school. Isn't that like a little stubber? Yeah. Yeah, like a yeah. fat little stubber. Wider than it is long. Yep. It's, it's kind of like a fur burger. A little chode. You know what a fur burger is? I would imagine it's an unkempt lady patch. No, it's like you got this a little dick with a big old fur patch. You can't even see the thing. Oh. Fur burger. Sure. Like yeah, a mushroom we, patch. we used to call my brother that. <laughs> <laughs> it's inappropriate. I don't want to know about your brother's penis. <laughs> um, is he a listener to the show? Nope. He's not, he not, he not a football guy. He's doesn't a matter if he's guy. a football guy. It's not about sports. It's, yeah. about, it's about good times with good friends. Hey, guys. Your football fantasy. Hey, it's Dweez Nuts here, your host. I got the bullfrog with me. No big whiz, thank God. <laughs> We've been trying... We've been trying to pitch his ass for a week. It's uh, your football fantasy, in case you forgot. Said that a minute ago. I'm already a little bit drunk leading into this thing, which should make it fun and exciting. Um, look, before we get started, it's been a while, and we've been a, little, a bit slow on it. We apologize, but reach out to us on Twitter. The two of us are there. I'm at Dewey's Nuts, all Z's, no S's. I'm at YFF, the Bullfrog. Yeah, reach out, say hello. If you haven't seen us for a while on there, say something to us. We'd like to like to re-engage with you guys. It's been a bit and we feel bad. Uh, otherwise, yourfootballfantasy at gmail.com. We need listener questions. We don't have one this week. It's kind of depressing. Maybe an extra shot for us since we can't get oh, people to participate. A. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got enough as it is. Don't do this to me. Don't, you've Give only, us a fucking question. You've only got something. six. If we don't get a listener question next week, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a shot for not pulling something down on Twitter. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna step up my Twitter game. All right, let's jump into the news here. This week in football. So we got some injuries here to talk about that are big relative to fantasy football. Some uh, four guys that I want to mention here that are, were all put on the IR this week. First off, Bilal Powell, maybe not a great running back in New York, but a a pretty good fantasy back for the past handful of years. Caught a lot of passes from whatever quarterback was throwing the ball for the Jets. This year, he was the running back 33 on the year. Top 20 in rushing attempts, which was surprising to me because he's he's a scat back, right? But he's been sharing work with Isaiah Crowell, sitting at 48% of the snap share and the opportunity share on his team going into this week. So Bilal Powell's the guy that got the ball a lot. He was owned in most places. People were playing him as a flex spot each week, and now he's done neck injury. For a while they said maybe it was career uh, ending. Looks like he might recover fully, but but he's gone, and that leaves a void here on this team that Isaiah Crowell just cannot fill. We know Elijah McGuire is coming back. This week off of the IR to practice after his foot injury, 
Last week, Trenton Cannon caught five or had five targets after Powell left. Are either of these two guys interesting for fantasy purposes? Should we look at one of them as a pass catching back on a team that does that a lot? Oh man, if you, if you got to look at the Jets' backfield for fantasy value, I think you're probably not. You're not making the playoffs. You're not feeling a very good squad out there, guys. That's about um, how all of my teams look right now. <laughs> but just... you know, if you're just trying to be competitive and not be bottom dwelling dick ass that uh, gets beat by everybody, <laughs> you know, and you want to be competitive and not having people yell at you because you're just feeling the shitty fucking team every week, then yeah, maybe you got to look at some of these guys. But personally. And I built a, a good enough roster to stay away from the Jets backfield. Look, uh, Wiz and I went and looked for Trenton Cannon in our Dynasty League. Again, 12 teams, 30 people per team, so it's deep rosters. So we were looking to fill some spots. Trenton Cannon was drafted in our league and not dropped, so we couldn't get him. Uh, but if you're really deep, if you're looking for somebody scrambling or you're just trying to get somebody on your team that may be available, you know, next week is the big bye week, right? Six teams on bye. It's the biggest of the season. Maybe you're really struggling to find a running back there. Maybe one of these two, Elijah McGuire, Trenton Cannon, might be worthwhile. Let's watch what they do this week. Let's watch what McGuire does this week in the game coming back off of that injury. He was decently serviceable last year uh, in, in that role. And maybe. Maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, probably McGuire. More, I don't know much about Cannon. Honestly, he's a rookie. We know that. That's all I know about him. Uh, more importantly, let's see beast mode. Look at look to Oakland. A really shitty offense, but the only guy on that team that has been decent on the year, Marshawn Lynch, uh, certainly a flex, valuable, or a flex value at the running back position all year long. Also on the IR now. Talked about this on the show on the Tuesday show, you weren't here, so you wouldn't know anything about oh, it. Oh, fuck. We had a Tuesday show? Always, oh, okay. my friend. It was a great Tuesday show without you, let me just say. Uh, so, he's gone. We've got two running backs here that, you know, first off, Doug Martin, who was signed to this team for a decent-sized contract, who at one point in his career was a feature back. Uh, then you got Jalen Richard, a kid who's supremely talented, a little bit smaller, a little bit quicker out of the backfield. Not somebody that the coaches, coaching staff has really liked to use a whole lot on this team. But you got two guys, very different kind of guys. Neither of them are stepping into a really great spot on a, a bad offense. But are either of these two guys worthy for your roster? Uh, I, pff, same boat as the Jets' backfield, in my opinion. Uh I don't think the Raiders want to win. <laughs> that's so the best way. That's the best way I've heard that put. I don't think John Gruden wants to. I win. don't think they would want to make either of these guys fantasy relevant enough, which would mean that they might win a game. Hey, you know, hey. I don't know. They might actually just give it to whoever's worse. <laughs> that would be you Doug know? Martin. Gruden did come out yesterday, maybe, and say Doug Martin is ready for the feature back role. Oh, I think you and I both know that's not true, right? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows yeah. with what John Gruden is going to do? Last week, we talked a little bit about Richard. We said maybe worth a, a pickup, a speculative ad. We know that he's going to catch the passes. Doug Martin is not going to catch the passes. If he can get some... If you can get some uh, handoff work in that backfield, too. I, I'd look at Jalen Richard before I would Doug Martin or Elijah McGuire, Trenton Cannon, if, you, if you're desperate. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you, especially with the, you know, like you said, week nine bye coming up. You know, he, he could 
you know, he could plug and play probably at a flex for one fucking week <laughs> if you're miserable. Well, matchup dependent. Maybe he'll be matchup dependent. He's had a couple of games this year so far that were okay. Let's look at the wide receiver position. Albert Wilson, who is, let's face it, he's not the wide receiver I expected him to be in Miami this year, but he has been scoring a lot of points on kitschy plays, gadgety type plays. He's thrown a touchdown already on this team. He's been... He's been a spark plug piece of this Miami offense that has been better than we expected, at least for fantasy purposes. Now he's out on the IR. On Tuesday's show, I recommended Amendola as Brock Osweiler's favorite target. Uh, But we got Devontae Parker back this week. Uh, We saw him play on Thursday. We got Amendola still. We got Jakeem Grant, who sort of stepped up out of nowhere this year. Are any of these guys interesting for fantasy purposes, taking over for the uh, production they've already had plus Wilson stuff. Uh, man, why are we talking about all these shitty teams? Because these are the Fuck. ones everybody, you know what you do with the Rams. Jeez. You don't have to think about it, but with the dolphins, I mean, people in the middle of their fantasy leagues have these players and have these questions. They do. Yes. Who has these players. Fuck. <laughs> what the hell? How's your team's doing? Shut up. <laughs> Devontae Parker was okay last night, but I want to say this. I started Jakeem Grant in my Dynasty League. And Jakeem there was a pass in the play, 35 yards downfield to a wide-open Jakeem Grant. Hit him in the hands, and before he corralled it, he was hit by two defenders. The ball bounced off the helmet of one of them, went about eight yards downfield, and Devontae Parker caught it and no got shit. the 50-yard reception. Oh, that's how that happened. Ended up with 100 yards receiving on the game. One of those plays, 55 yards. Wow. So came that's off of Jakeem. I lost those points, guys. Fluky stats for, for Parker, too. So don't eat those stats for Parker. He's a bum. To me, is still the guy just because while he's playing, he's been getting a lot of targets. Maybe Jakeem Grant gets a few more, but if you're looking at any of them, Amendola's the guy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. PPR only. I mean, I feel like Miami really loves that dual running back monster. Yes. You know, they love to run fucking Gore 15 times and Drake 12 and run a couple fucking end arounds and all that shit. Hey, so. Kenyon Drake's had three good weeks in a row. Hello, you know why? Because you cut his ass. Because three weeks ago I cut his ass. Yeah, you did. All right, let's look at a more uh, more relevant fantasy offense, at least here. This is the Houston Texans played last night. This offense has been coming on strong since they struggled in week one, week two a little bit. Will Fuller has been playing okay, injured in and out of the game. But last week, last night he had a good game, scored a long touchdown, and then blew out an ACL. Done for the year. This I have two questions here. Tell me which one is the right move. We know we've seen the rookie Kiki QT come in as a as a uh, slot guy and do some good work here. He's picked up in most leagues at this point. Do you do we expect him to be moved to the outside to take over Will Fuller's role, or is the team smart enough to leave him where he's at and put somebody else on the outside? Let Kiki continue to play underneath. Kiki stays inside, and ultimately, I think. As my preseason rankings suggested, DeAndre Hopkins is just the number one wide receiver in the NFL for the rest of the season. No might, question. I mean, he probably already be. was. Statistically, Thielen might be, you know, edging him out a little bit, but a lot. Of you it. watched fucking Hopkins on on your eyeball test. He is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Sure, and we saw what happened with 
Fuller, when Fuller went out right. last year, the he's amount get, of fucking targets. He's going to get 15 Regardless to 20 of targets. the quarterback. Regardless who's covering him, too. He's going to get 15 to 20 targets. Xavier Howard last night. He's a guy that you've talked about week in and week out, and he fucking torched him. Yeah. He's going to get 15 targets every week if he's in the game. Deep, deep leaguers, I would simply, the name I just want to float out to you guys is Sammy Coates. Sammy Coates is a deep ball threat guy that played in Pittsburgh for a few years. He is next up on the depth chart behind Will Fuller. So maybe take a look at him. I don't know that he's going to be used very often, but he can do some of the same things Fuller did, and he is likely to step into that role and at least get an opportunity to show that he can still get open deep on that team. All right, let's look at the Oakland Raiders one more time. We haven't been there quite enough. Yet, Amari Cooper's been traded. Amari Cooper is a Dallas Cowboy now. Uh, I think he's a bum. Like I said on Tuesday, I don't think that it improves his stock at all. But the question that I had then and that I still have now is, what's going to happen on this shitty offense? Is there a receiver that's going to step up and get enough targets to be worthy? Look, Brandon LaFell's there. Dwayne Harris is there. We know Martavis Bryant is there. Seth Roberts is there. These are all... Very, very middling kind of names, but they all kind of seem to sit in the same range of talent for me. Do we like any of them at all, at least to look at and maybe throw on your bench? Nope. Okay, good. Good answer. Quick answer. Nope. Fuck it. Do what? So, what are your thoughts on Amari Cooper in Dallas? Is he ah, going to be man. somebody that's now? There is nobody in Dallas. The Cowboys have no receivers that Dak trusts. Is Amari Cooper come in and maintain a target load here that makes him maybe worth keeping around? I mean, we talked about Cooper a lot in the preseason. Yeah. Wiz was always talking about him. And there's bets. We got bets on the line with Amari Cooper's name on it out there mm. in Crabtree, I think. Uh it's now or never, I guess. I think he's only 24 or 25. You know, he's a big body. He's got speed. But I don't know if he's... I just don't know. How about this? Know. John Gruden finally wins a trade. He got no a first-round first round pick. pick. How does that even happen? I guess he was drafted in the first round. Cooper was a few years ago. But damn, Dallas is desperate. Anyway. We'll, I, we'll see. Maybe. Maybe you just stacking him fucking light it up. I keep going to the uh, Dynasty League here because that's really the only league that I've got that any of these guys are relevant at all in. But we picked up Seth Roberts. He was the third leading target getter on the team going into this trade. So if anybody's going to get a bump in targets, maybe Seth Roberts does. Not, he's not necessarily an outside guy to take over the Cooper role. Uh, he plays more in the slot. But I'm starting Seth Roberts this week because... I've got five receivers on by or injured in my dynasty league. So it is what it is. All right, let's get to the in and outs real quick. A handful of guys that are in regardless of injury concern. Randall Cobb looks like he's coming back finally after a long time. Geronimo Allison, he's cleared the concussion protocol. He is going to play this week. Um, Peyton Barber is going to be back in. Jack Doyle we haven't seen for weeks and weeks and weeks. Looks like he's going to be in practicing a full, not on the injury report at all for the team. Big list of... Players out for the week. Kiki QT still out, obviously. He didn't play last week. I don't know why I left that in there. My bad. Cooper Cup, still doubtful. Likely not going to play. Dalvin Cook looks like he's going to miss the next two, just for your pink and the stink. Royce Freeman going to be out. Shady hasn't cleared the concussion protocol yet. Crowder, also your pink uh, player there, not playing this week. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. (laughs) 
Torrey Smith is out. Robbie Anderson, doubtful to play against the Bears. Looks like Leonard Fournette's definitely going to sit until his bye week. What's that, week nine? Quincy Anoon was out. And uh, Marlon Mack at this point is sitting questionable. He had a big week last week. So keep an eye on that to see if he ends up coming back and playing for you this week. On to dumb shit. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Speak your piece, Bullfrog. No, I was just gonna tell you. Just I was just gonna say I feel bad for those owners that were, you know, at the end of a turn and took Cook and Fournette. Whoa! I, I, in my big it money felt, league, looked great. In my big after money the league, draft. the guy in the ten hole did it, and mm. now he's you know bottom of the barrel. Look, you have to assume those guys knew that these two running backs are injury prone. Mm. Neither of them played their entire rookie year. I was all in on Cook myself, but luckily I, was I took fucking Gordon. And here's a, so this this is weird. And I was thinking about this just the other day to myself. Like all off season, to me, Fournette was a big injury risk, and I and I didn't want to touch him because of that. But I never thought about that for Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook missed more games last year than Fournette did, uh, and so he was he was at least in their NFL careers just as big an injury risk. But I never thought of Dalvin Cook as an injury risk. I did Leonard Fournette. Turns out they're the same guy. I don't know what happened there, why I was thinking that. But maybe it's an NFC North bias thing. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Let's talk dumb shit. Um, I got into a conversation with a Facebook friend of mine. Uh, he, I went to high school with this kid. Yeah, I played football with him for a long time. Uh, turns out he's a flat earther. You know what that is? Oh, I do. There are these people that exist in the world today, believe Turns it or not. Turns out he's a dumb motherfucker. God huh? damn it, they're dumb motherfuckers. They, they honestly believe, and there's like national, international even, conventions for these people. That they believe that the earth is flat. So I started just asking them, like, what are some of the things you believe? How do you explain these things? And I want to just run through some of the answers he gave. Some of the things that these flat earth people apparently believe okay first of all they believe that the earth is a flat disc it is a round flat disc and uh one of the things that he said is all the way around the outside of the edge the reason people can't fall off the edge of the earth is that there's a a, there's a uh, ice wall surrounding the outer edge of this flat disc that goes higher than you can see and it goes on presumably forever into the distance it's just a big ice wall think game of thrones ice wall uh, yeah, that's how that's how people don't fall off the edge. Of, there's an ice wall. Okay, it gets weirder than that. First of all, and obviously, they once again go back. Yeah, pre-Galileo days, pre-Copernicus days, to believe that the Earth is the center of the entire universe. This is a geocentrism uh, going on that you know back in 1400 whatever we disproved by science, but that's okay. Uh, they also don't believe gravity is real. Ooh. Okay, instead what they believe is that this flat disk of the Earth is traveling up in space at 32 feet per second constantly. And that's why we're staying on the ground, because we're moving up. Okay, it gets worse. I asked them about, so I said, okay, if that's the case, tell me about, like, the stars. Why don't we hit them? Or planes flying in the air. Or any of that. He says, um, so this is what flat earthers believe about the stars. They believe that they're actually really small little things spots of light a couple of thousand feet above the earth which is lower than planes fly uh, by the way uh, and they are also 
I asked him if they are. I said so. The stars are also moving up. He didn't really have an answer for that, but apparently they're also moving at the exact same speed. I said, well, how come you see some stars at some point of the year? Like, well, yeah, they go around our disc. I don't know. Real dumb. Uh, I, I so I said like, yeah, you know, we have pictures and videos from space. Clearly, they're all fake, according to these or these flat earthers. Every astronaut that exists from every country is all an actor that is all being paid by this global conglomerate of of governments that have bound together to create this fake story and share in paying all of the actors for all of the astronauts and pictures that they take because all the governments of the world can agree on anything. So those are the answers he gave. I asked a lot more questions than that than just that. For every question that he didn't give me an answer because he couldn't answer because he's a fucking retard, spread the word to end the word, uh, he simply <laughs> said, look, I, I can't see the earth from space and science is stupid so it does it so they're wrong that's all he kept saying i can't see it and science is stupid that's all he kept saying so your last two questions what kind of drugs are you on and can i get some i know he's on your last two i know he's on a i know that he's on a lot of he was on a lot of drugs in high school there are whole international communities of people that believe this shit i hope we don't lose a few listeners for this what the if you're a flat earther and you listen to this show one stop fucking downloading the show two reach out to us on twitter and explain to us why you're such a goddamn dumbass hey if you got any other conspiracy beliefs go Share. ahead and send us those too maybe I wanna, we can make fun of those as well i want to throw it in dumb shit because you're a fucking moron all right, let's let's get off of that. I could go on all day. Let me go. give you a fantasy football dumb shit. Oh, okay, yeah. This is just the way that I got to win last week. How'd you win last week? Well, last week, uh, I was down two points. Well, I had Odell Beckham going Monday night. I needed 15 points out of him. Non-PPR. He gets 142 yards, and they're down to a minute to go. I'm trailing by one. I need two for the win. If you guys watch the game, the Giants, Eli Manning, we get it to the one-yard line. He goes for a quarterback sneak with no timeouts. Stuffed. Clock's ticking, down to 30 seconds. He goes for a quarterback sneak again. Stuffed. Clock's ticking, down to 10 seconds. Third down. They're down by 12. He throws a fade bomb, a one-yard fade bomb. Odell, toe touches in the back of the end zone with three seconds. I get the dirtiest Fantasy football win of all time. Ooh, now that's yeah. some dumb shit. Yeah, but I'll take those, it. You love I loved those dirty it. wins. I fucking loved it. Because I stayed up every second to see if it could happen. And it did. That was some dumb shit. But it worked out. Hey, look. You take the dumb shit when it works out in your favor. Because on occasion it does. Unbelievable. Alright, there's no whiz here. But we're still going to do this. Big whiz on his stat of the week. So I'm looking around at some of the stats in the league right here, and this one, it's not really one, but it, it was really surprising to me. There is a singular division in football, and I want you to give me the division. Okay. Amongst the team and the teams in the division, here are the statistical categories that this division dominates. Yeah. Okay. They are number one. So one of the teams in this division, number one in points against for defense, sacks, Interceptions, fumble recoveries, and defensive touchdowns. Do you know what division that is? And all those ca- leads all those all those categories. One, one team or like spread a, out amongst three of the what four. What were those categories again? 
It's points points against sacks, interceptions, fumble recoveries, and touchdowns. One division has the team leading in NFC all of North. those categories. It is not the NFC North. You want another AFC Central. It is. That's not a division anymore in football. Oh. It hasn't been in about a- 25 years. No? What the fuck is the one with the Ravens and the... That'd be the North. Yes. Oh, AFC and it North. is the AFC North. Yes, guys. This division's defensive fucking stats, at least for fantasy football, first of all, Baltimore's got to be the best defense in the league right now. Best yep. points against with 101. Baltimore also leads in sacks. 27. The Cleveland Browns have the most interceptions in the league with 11. The Cleveland Browns lead the league in fumble recoveries with 9. And the Cincinnati Bengals lead the league in defensive touchdowns with 3. Nice. These th- uh, at least 3 of these 4 teams. These defenses are fantasy football greats right now. Yes, Cincinnati's not a very good defense in the NFL, but for fantasy football purposes, all three of these defenses have been scoring you points, and if you've got one of them, congratulations. Whether they're winning games or not. I just thought that was interesting that this division. You know who they got crossed over with is the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a helpful matchup. That, that absolutely For helps. all those yes. AFC. For every damn one of those things. AFC Central teams. You remember that we said the NFC South looked like it was going to be one of the best divisions. We I said three 10-win teams. In that division, in fact, when we made our predictions preseason. All right, that's our stat of the week. Probably not as good as what Wiz would have done, but but I liked it. All right, the next thing we want to do for you is get a little drunk. Everybody! Here's your bottles, Bullfrog, because two weeks in a row, you already got one poured. For two weeks in a row, you're taking some shots, brother. Yeah. Let's start with those accountability statistics. We look at our can't get it up. We look at our flex. We look at our streamers, and we say who has been the most accurate on the week. Big Wiz this week takes that title down 57% accurate. I was a close second with 45% accurate. Just below 50 is what we shoot for. And Bullfrog, I think this is two weeks in a row, the exact same number. 33%. Yeah, that's, that's Scotty Pippen up in the house. Let's see if you can fix that after you take this watermelon pucker shot. There you go. That's a strange mix with this IPA that I'm drinking. Ooh. Ooh. Very strange. Not a not a nice combination of things. But you're doing it. You're doing it for the listeners because you can't. My first IPA of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Is this your first IPA ever? Wiz would be proud. It's not my first one ever. Though. He might He might be proud. All right, guys. Let's talk next about three. And wait, I got a drop for this now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Kind of sweet. Kind of shitty. Uh, so let's look at that three in the pink, two in the stink. This week, for the second week, nope, not the second week in a row, two weeks out of three, nobody managed to hit that plus 100 mark. The leader in the entire group at plus 74 was one of the two fuckers sitting in this room. Can you guess which? That's the Dewey's Nuts, folks. A plus 72. Let me tell you where I got it done. Deion Lewis had a nice game, finishing as a number 8 running back overall. Michael Gallup with that touchdown got me a plus 44. Julio Jones wasn't great. Plus 74 means I win the week. Big Wiz was not too far behind at a plus 
65. The Good Doctor plus 63 comes up uh, just a really close third. Brad Drury for the second week in the row. Not the highest scorer in the group. I think he ended up as the number five scorer in the group. G. Libertino outscores him by 20 with a plus 56. Goal line guru is also up there after a negative four with a big plus 54. Uh, I should also mention Floor Killa. Last one. Big week. Plus 55 after four negatives in a row. You know who else had four negatives in a row coming into this week? Bullfrog? Oh. That was the Bullfrog. Oh, fuck. How'd you do this week? Worst score we've seen on the season. No, almost worst score we've seen on the season. Negative 82. Dalvin Cook didn't play. Jamison Crowder didn't play. They're not playing again next week, so you can expect this to happen at least one more time. You are now in the worst position to be in. That's the bottom. Negative 194 on the season after this. Negative 82. That's a tough go of it. Well, I mean... Yeah, you're getting fucked over when Delvin Cook misses Six, eight fucking yeah, weeks. You lots can't put him on the fucking IR. Eight your, fucking he's weeks. He's your balls deep guy. You can put him on, on the IR, Minnesota. Put him on the IR. What the fuck are you doing? You should have put him on the IR fucking a month ago. And you wouldn't have lost all and these points. I would have been able to refill him with some jackhole that could fucking score better than minus 60 every week. Katie Babs ends up in the negative as well. Here's one. Kai Missioner, leading up to this week, was one of three teams that hadn't been in the negative yet. Nope. Well, this week he decided he wanted Joe Mixon to replace his balls deep player. Got a negative 16 there. Hyde netted him a negative 19. After a couple of zeros and a, just a plus six from Gordon. Negative 29 for you, sir. That means there are only two teams left that have not netted negative weekly scores. That is G. Libertino at a total of positive 451. And Brad Drury at a total of positive 525. You guys just, are fucking killing it. Just so you know, the good doctor in third place has 185. Oof, those yeah. two. And the next seven... Fucking players are in the 100s. All right, I'm taking my shot. For Take that, that shot for that. Finish. We'll get into some bets because we made some bets and there are more shots to go. I'm going to join you here in a minute. Last week, uh, me and Big Wiz made a bet that I don't know that this should necessarily count. I don't know how injuries play into these shots, but I bet Sony Michelle would have a better day than James White against the Chicago Bears. And I will say, before he got injured and left the game, Sony Michelle was out playing James White. Once he left, White went crazy. Two touchdowns off a bunch of catches. Made me look like an idiot in the end. But there was a reason for yeah, it. Either way, tough. I'm taking the shot because I lost the bet. Yeah, I mean, all you can say on that is our listeners might make a decision based on these bets. I hope so. So, if they chose Michelle, they ended up making the wrong choice. Because You're right. You're he right. got hurt. You're I mean, right. you can't control that he got hurt, but it was the wrong choice. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, so I'll take that shot. All right, another bet. You and me, buddy. We made a bet against uh, with Andrew Luck again. I don't know why you keep betting against Andrew Luck. We bet that he'd be, I bet he'd be inside the top 12. You'd bet he'd be outside the top 12. He ended number four. Oh, fucking again. Oh, I, my I, gosh. I, I don't know what's coming later, but I hope you don't say any shit about Andrew Luck later. Because Andrew I'm Luck. running out of booze that tastes like fruit. Andrew Luck. My dear General Andrew, Captain Andrew Luck. He is your nemesis. I love that Twitter handle. I think I can no longer talk shit about you. I think I will start you every week that you play. Start him. 
for the rest of the season. Yeah. I own you in two season-long leagues. And you haven't played them once, have you? I've played them a few times, <laughs> but not nearly enough. Clearly. But I'm a firm believer, Andrew, that you are back. Welcome to Fantasy Football Sh- Greatness once again. Shoulder injury, schmolder injury, right? This guy, ah, Andrew Luck, this is for you, buddy. I hope guy, you're listening. This guy might be the player that everybody thought he would be coming into the league. I keep waiting for him to fall off, but he's just very good at the position when he plays. With a bunch of fucking scrubs. I can't wait till he starts The offensive Hilton. line is garbage. The receivers he had is garbage. He's never had a good running back. Just imagine if this kid was on a team surrounded by talent. I can't wait till he hits Hilton for a couple 80-yard bombs this, this week. week. This week. Uh, all right, so I made a bet with Big Wiz. I bet uh, similar to the previous bet. We took a couple of running backs on the same team. This was Nick Chubb. And Duke Johnson, and I absolutely ate Crow on this one. Duke Johnson did not a goddamn thing, and Nick Chubb had a, certainly had his coming out party. Big week for him last week. Yep. So I'm going to take that shot. Uh, I'm not done with the Duke Johnson train just yet. I think we'll talk about that later, but here we go. Mm. This Oof. next one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in on this next one. Yes, sir. Fucking Dewey's Nuts over here says Mike Williams scores a touchdown. Yes, I did. And I said no. One and catch. One catch. 55 yards. 55 yard touchdown. And a touchdown. One fucking catch. There was a reason I didn't say he, he'd be a great receiver or have a big fantasy day. I just said he scored a touchdown. Maybe I should have listened to my own advice last week on the show. When I said Keenan Allen was no longer the focal point of that offense, especially as a touchdown scorer. Because every fucking week, it's one of the Williams brothers. It's not Keenan Allen. Or both. Keelan. What is it? I don't know. Keenan. Keenan. It's really, yeah. I mean, he's going to be the dink and dumb guy, I think. He's your first down guy. When they want to go up top, it's going to be one of the fucking Williams brothers. Keenan Allen will be back. But, uh, yeah, look. Ah, I got to take that shot. I loved Mike Williams. Wiz loved Mike Williams. I think you even like Mike Williams coming into the season, but it looks like Tyrell Williams is a guy that's getting the majority of those. And uh, Phillip Rivers likes him, and this is a team that's going to continue to go deep. I talked about Tyrell Williams on the Tuesday show quite a lot. I like him. I think you should try to get him on your team. All right. Another bet. This was a Dweez Nuts Bullfrog bet. You said Baker Mayfield was bound to go 300 and score multiple touchdowns. On the week, I said that's just not going to happen. He's Baker Mayfield. I think I should have said or. You should have said or. Would you have made the bet if I said or? I would not have. He went for 215 yards, but he did score two touchdowns. To be fair, in the three weeks previous to this one, he threw for more than 40 passing attempts, and his wide receivers dropped every pass. This week, he only threw for 20-something. Yeah, against the Bucs. If he'd have thrown for the 40 that he usually does, he would have been there. But he wasn't, 215-2, and so... You're, I see you're switching to the sour apple rather than the sour watermelon. I'm alternating the flavors. Yeah, you got to mix it up. Go ahead and take that shot. Yeah. I'll talk about the next bet you lost while you take that one, okay? Yeah, absolutely. This is number five. Going this down was, um, as, as it turns out, a really bad bet. It felt like a bad bet in the time, but I didn't say anything because I've always been a Charles Clay believer. It was a bad bet. I was pretty drunk at this time. Seven shots deep yes, and I'm sir. making these fucking he, Buffalo Bills that's, bets. That's how I get down You too. almost got us to bet on Buffalo defense. The Buffalo-Miami defense? No, Buffalo Colts deep. Oh, Buffalo Colts. You almost Col- got yeah. me to go on that one. I tried. So you took Charles Clay, tight end for the Buffalo Bills, straight up versus O.J. Howard. 
the Tampa Bay Bucks tight end against the Big Wiz. Eight and a half total fantasy points for Howard, which was not a huge game. But Charles Clay had one catch for no yards. 0.5 fantasy points in a half point PPR. That's a shot for you, sir. Ugh. But if you hold off, I'll take one with you. Because the last thing we've got to do here is our newest shot category. Would you rather? You and I went head to head last week. Wiz kicked out a bunch of names at us. Would you rather start this guy or that guy? We kept track. Last week I was 45% correct on my calls. You were 67% correct on my calls. There's only one that I got right that you did not. That was the Hunt versus Mixon one. And Hunt ended up being the number one guy on the week. So I guess I'll have credit there. No? No, it doesn't count for me. Gonna, I, I lose. Are we going to do a little bit of this this week? Just pick our own? No, it's not even in the notes. Can't do it. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So save it for next week. Save it for next week. This is my last buddy. shot of the night. Fuck for, us. For now, we'll make plenty of bets. Till next week. Cheers. What's the matter? Big boy can't get it up. All right, we're gonna start with quarterbacks here. Uh, the first guy I have, we have in common, and. Uh, Louis Nuts has got a lot more stats on him, so I'm going to let him take care of that guy, but I will mention Russell Wilson. He is a very borderline starter as is. I'm telling you, this week might be a good one to uh, sit him on your bench or at least temper expectations. A Lions defense that's been pretty good against the pass. Uh, I just, I've been, I've been buying in on what the Lions are doing offensively as far as ball control. Killing the clock. Carry you know, on. Carry on Johnson. Woo! Mix in a little uh, LeGarrette Blunt. The short passing game. You know, Stafford's just not trying to do those long bomb passes as much as he used to when they were constantly trailing all the time. They're one of the top teams in pressures on quarterbacks. You know, they got they got uh, Slay. They got... Uh, they got this new D tackle who's gonna help out the run game. I just see this being a you know again Lions running the time of possession, keeping Russell off the field. Shit, last week I feel like that first half of the Lions game went faster than they've ever gone before. I'm used to the last five seasons of Lions football being the last game to finish. If it was a one o'clock start, the Lions games were always the last fucking game going because he was just drop back pass and incomplete passes, penalty after penalty. Not lately. Those games are ticking by. Uh, yeah, so Russell, sit him. Temper expectations. What do you got, Dweez Nuts? Who do we got in common here? Cam Newton is a quarterback that we both think is going to struggle this week. I don't know that you can necessarily sit him the way he's been playing. He's been scoring top five most weeks, but he is facing the Baltimore Ravens defense. I mentioned it a few minutes ago, probably the best defense in the league right now, and by probably I mean absolutely the best defense in the league. The best against running backs, second best against quarterbacks, fourth best against wide receiver scoring for fantasy purposes. They're only allowing 14 points a game right now. Uh, And look, for my money, C.J. Mosley is the best linebacker in the league right now. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. I, I My expectation is that C.J. Mosley is going to shadow Cam Newton throughout the course of this game. And this kid can get sideline to sideline as fast as anybody in the league. <clears throat> Maybe Keekley's a little quicker, same same game. But 
I think it's going to be fun watching Cam try to run, which he's still doing against C.J. Mosley. He's not really going to be able to pass really well. I'm going to talk about CMC a little later today. He's going to struggle to get it going. It's going to be one of these games where Cam tries to take it all on his shoulders, and I just think this defense is the defense that can shut his ass down this week. Uh, so, So watch that. If you've got another option, do it. There are not a lot of great streaming quarterback options this week, but if you've got either of those two, and you have any other options, maybe consider taking those options this week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a common theme here for the rest of the season until shown otherwise that if one of your top guns is playing against the Ravens' defense, you either consider sitting them or just understand that they're not going to have the best week of yeah. their season. They're going to show up and can't get it up So if lot. you have another option, you know, the smart choice is to play the other option. Is somebody going to blow up on the Ravens' defense eventually before the end of the season? Yeah. It's going to happen once, maybe twice, where someone like a Cam Newton, somebody just has a fucking ridiculous game because of defensive breakdowns, whatever. I'm sure it'll happen at some point this season. The Ravens' defense is not going to shut down every fucking great player. Uh, but all but we can do if is If you're trying to be smart, play probabilities, play what you know. what's realistic is, yeah, Cam should not have a big week. So... That's our advice. All right, let's look at the running back position here. I'll start with CMC out of the gates. You know, he's gone over 100 combined yards just two times out of the six games they've played this year. And he hasn't done it since week three. He's only scored one touchdown on the season. That's running or receiving, right? Without those touchdowns, you have to rely on those yards or you have to rely on a large reception number for CMC to be worth it. You know you drafted him pretty early, top three rounds in your draft, so you expect a lot more out of him than you've been getting. Uh, he's only averaging five catches, 79 total yards in the last three games. That gives you about 10 fantasy points. It's just not enough. This week, playing that Baltimore Ravens defense, he's not he's not going to get it going. He's not going to have a lot of room if he catches the ball out of the backfield. Again, those linebackers are pretty good. You know, I do absolutely expect the Panthers to try to get the short throwing game, the screen game going because of the speed of that defense. But they're, they're, they're smart. Terrell Suggs knows what he's doing on the outside edge. I don't think they let CMC get going. He's certainly not going to get going via the handoff. So so maybe sit him if you can. Stick him uh, as your third option. If, you, if you've got anybody better, look to do him. You got a running back you want to throw in here? Yeah, I mean, I've got, I'm on the CMC wagon again, you know, it's the Ravens defense, it's the easy choice as far as statistics, probability, the likelihood of event to occur, that event being they underperform. Uh, uh, otherwise, other than CMC, you know, I'm feeling Nick Chubb to be a little underperforming this week after what he did last week. Um you know, last week, the Steelers, here's your last three weeks. Last four weeks, the Steelers run defense, given up 62 yards, 62 yards, 96 yards, 63 yards. So no 100, not even 100 yards total in rushing for an opponent team. They have given up two rushing touchdowns over that span. Uh, but again, their run defense is solid. Why? Because Pittsburgh's going to be winning this game. Uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball. Cleveland's going to be playing from behind. The game script's going to flip for Chubb this week. You know, I see him underperforming from what he did last week. I doubt he gets a score. 
He probably gets his 15 to 18 carries, but I would say probably in the 50 to 60 yard range, you know, as what the Steelers have been doing the last few weeks. Uh, So, yeah, Nick Chubb for me. I'm going to jump on that Nick Chubb train with you. I agree completely. You know, Pittsburgh, so so the stats you gave, yeah, so the stats you gave uh, to me were a little misleading because those were total team rushing yards. In fact, they haven't given up more than 75 yards to a running back at all, all year, to a single running back on the year. Uh, And 75 yards sounds pretty good, but they're not giving up touchdowns either. So Chubb's not going to get it done. The expectation coming out of last week is probably that, hey, all of a sudden this guy's a stud. I just want you to slow down. Uh, Don't expect that last week, this weekend. You mentioned it. You alluded to it. The game script is not going to go in his favor as Pittsburgh has no problem scoring against this Cleveland defense that has been pretty good. Coming off a bye, they should be rested. Yeah, I Duke. This is a Duke Johnson game between the two because they'll be they'll be in a lot of passing situations. Um, I'll talk about it later. I expect Baker Mayfield to have to throw it a lot. Chubb's just not going to get the opportunities. You said fifteen to eighteen. To me, it's a ten to twelve rush game for Chubb just because he doesn't get the chance to run it a lot as they're trying to catch up and play that game. Another guy that I want you to just slow down your expectations for is uh, Isaiah Crowell. I realize that he's not a big stud. He's not necessarily the type of guy you'd expect and can't get it up. But with the Bilal Powell news, I know a lot of fantasy owners are thinking, you know, Isaiah Crowell's going to be it this week, licking their fucking chops at a guy who's all of a sudden going to get all of the work rather than just 40 to 50% of the snaps. But slow down. Do not expect him to have another huge game like he had. He had a couple of he had a 200 yard game just a couple of weeks ago. He's playing against the Chicago Bears, a very good defense. Gore's the only guy that went for 100 yards on him. It took him five quarters to do it. Let's remember they've only given up three total touchdowns to running backs. They've all been through the air and they've gone just to two backs on the season. The Bears defense is stout. Mac is coming back this week. He's going to play again this week and slow that team down just a little bit further. And while I hate to admit it, the offense of the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky are scoring points. So maybe Isaiah Crowell's not on the field that much. They don't like him as a pass catching back. I know we talked about earlier, we don't really know who's going to fill in that blow power role, but somebody's going to do it that's not Crowell. So do not expect him in his first opportunity without Powell taking those touches away to blow up. All right. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I got two guys for you. I'm just going to get them both out of the way here. You know, Jordan Howard, um, he was a consensus, what, second, third round pick in most season longs. Um, yeah, you know, I would just be on the page where I can't start him until I see something that I can believe in. Um, uh, you know, so the last, you know, he's just, he hasn't performed. And what, what says that that's going to change? Should this be the week? Yeah, it probably should be the week. They're favored by seven. They're home against the Jets, who just traded away one of their best run stoppers. This should be the week. And maybe it will be. But if I'm a Jordan Howard owner, I don't think it's worth the risk yet. Make him prove that he is worthy to start. You know, unless you have no other options... I would I would temper expectations or put him on the bench. My other guy's going to be uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, last week, you know, he showed much less statistics, much less dominance than he did in his first game back. 
They're playing uh, on the road against Minnesota, who's got one of the better run defenses in the league. Uh, on the season, Minnesota's held opponents to under 100 yards rushing in five out of the seven games. They've only given up two rushing touchdowns on the season. Uh, and uh, really outside of that Rams game, they've been pretty good defensively. Outside of the Green Bay and the, and the L.A. Rams game, they've been pretty good. And, you know, the shit show Buffalo game. But they've been better uh, the last couple weeks since that Rams explosion on that Thursday night. They've been a lot better. Uh, I, I think this is more of a Kamara type game where they're going to have to get those short passes out of the backfield. I don't think they're going to be able to run it up the middle with Ingram. So Ingram is going to be on my uh, can't-get-it-up list. All right, I want to go receivers here, and I'm going to give you a big name. Since I gave you kind of two, I, I phoned it in a little bit on those running backs with two borderline RB2s. Uh, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, you know, the wide receiver won on the week last week. He's just been a fucking stud all year, and they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, who... At first glance, looks like it's a great, juicy fucking matchup. But look, Kansas City's been a lot better against receivers of late. They've only given up one touchdown to wide receivers since week three. Only one 100-yard wide receiver game since week two. Manuel Sanders uh, went five for 45 yards against the Chiefs in their week four matchup. Yeah, he's going to line up against Kendall Fuller, likely a majority of this game. Uh, and Kendall Fuller had a really slow start to the year, had to face a couple of wide receivers that sort of blew him out of the water and made his stats look bad. But he's been better since his rough start. Uh, I, I just think I just think the Kansas City defense is better than their statistical line looks. Yes, teams have been throwing a lot against them lately, and not just lately, but all year because of how that offense has been playing. But they've been better against the quarterback as well of late, right? No multiple touchdown passing games since week three in the league. They've kept quarterbacks to less than two touchdowns uh, since that week three. Three plus sacks and at least two turnovers forced per game in the last four weeks. Six interceptions in that last four weeks. I think Case Keenum has a really hard time getting it going against this Kansas City Chiefs defense, who's who's playing a lot better, like I said, than their statistics say. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders is coming off 200-yard games with a touchdown in each of them, but I expect him to be back around that 50 or 60-yard range and no score. And if and if you have Emmanuel Sanders and he's been winning you weeks in the last two, that 50 or 60 yards off maybe four or five catches is going to be really disappointing to you. Just be aware that's coming and find your win somewhere else this week as far as I'm concerned. Well, aren't you concerned about the game flow at all yeah, in that game, matchup? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to try to throw it a lot. But Case Keenum, when he has to try to throw it a lot, is freaking out, and he's making bad throws, making bad plays. Uh, I, I don't think Case Keenum has a good game, which is going to be reflected by his receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, of which has been the recipient of, of much of his good play. I think we need a bet here. Oh! It's about time. We've got a long time. What's our bet? Well, you have him as a can't-get-it-up guy, which is top 24. Top 24? Top 24. All right. It's a bet. Yay! Oh, we need to make more bets. We're going to make a few no, I, bets I got to type that in then, huh? Where Ta do I put that? Uh, we'll That's find a place. We'll find a place. I'll type it in. You talk to me about your two uh, wide receiver can't get it up. Put that one in there. Lock it up. 
All right, two wide receiver can't get it up this week is going to be Elshon Jeffrey in London in the rain against that Jacksonville pass defense. Fuck, Elshon Jeffrey. I thought you were done. Woo! I thought you were done. I did too. I did I too. I thought you were done. And you've been doing nothing but scoring fucking touchdowns this year. But I think this has got to be the week. Uh, if there's ever a week where Jacksonville can show up, put some pressure on a fucking quarterback, and slow down some wide receivers, this is the week with those cornerbacks. Uh, Jeffrey can't get it up. Ooh. My other guy this week's going to be uh, a guy that I like, but I'm, I'm not feeling the matchup that much, and that's going to be Josh Gordon. You know, I got about three reasons why that he's going to probably underperform. One, he's your outside guy, which means Tredavious White most likely will be on him at least some of the time. We've talked about Tredavious White many times in this show. Yes, he's he's been scored upon a few times, but he's still one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. It's It looks like it's going to be a little cold and windy uh, in the 40s. You know, again, these guys are used to playing in that... Uh, Brady's used to playing in the cold, but the wind can have a little more impact, especially on the deep ball, which Josh Gordon excels at. And, you know, just from all the reports from limited practices every week, I still just don't think he's 100%. You know, he's maybe riding at 80, 85% Josh Gordon, which still at 80, 85, he's still better than a lot of NFL wide receivers. But against the Bills, I don't know how many times they're going to have to really push the field in this game, you know? New England should be winning this game. Kenyon Barner should be getting carries. Kenyon ba- I'm starting James Kenyon White fucking should Barner. be getting carries. Why isn't Kenyon Barner in my flex? Edelman should be getting little catches over the middle. Uh, I just don't see it as a good opportunity with all of those things for Josh Gordon to be overly successful. Fair. Hide your kids. The boys are flex trafficking again. Yeah, flex guys. Okay, I've only got a couple of flex guys for you here that I want to mention, but the first one is Geronimo Allison. I feel like he's a guy that's been forgotten. He missed the last two weeks prior to his bye week with concussion. Last week was the bye week. He's coming back fully healthy. You know, it's a concussion is not one of these. Once you come back, it takes a while to slowly get back into it. You're back. You're ready to fucking go. And Geronimo Allison was good before he got injured. He was averaging 12 fantasy points. So we're looking at the flex position. That's about what we expect. He's a guy that likes to catch touchdown passes. A great number two option. For Aaron Rodgers, he's playing against in a game against the Los Angeles Rams with a 56.5 point over-under in Vegas. That's huge because both of these teams can score. They have great offenses. The LA Rams defense is a lot worse now than it was at the beginning of the year. Aqib Tlaib leaving that team with injury was huge because all of a sudden Marcus Peters playing against the number one wide receiver showed his weaknesses. He is not to leave and they don't have a lot of depth in that defensive backfield. I don't think the defensive secondary for the Los Angeles Rams can do much to stop many of the Green Bay wide receiving options. And what this game is going to come down to for me is how much time can the Packers line give Aaron Rodgers? We know that he doesn't take a lot of time to find these wide receivers if they can get open quickly enough 
for him to get rid of the ball. He's going to have a big game. He's going to have to have a big game to keep up with that Rams. And I think that means Geronimo Allison, Allison scores a touchdown, maybe scores two touchdowns. They are giving up. Look, the Rams are, in the last two games, the Rams have given up two touchdowns to two different wide receivers, one to Al- two to Aldrick Robinson and two to David Moore in the last two games they've played. No, Both- you skipped the game, though, because they fucking – Shut down the Niners. Two out of three. Yeah. Whatever. Out of the two out of the three last games. There you go. Both of those guys, Aldrick Robinson and David Moore, are Z receivers. That is the secondary receiver on the outside. Uh, that's Geronimo Allison. He plays that same position. It's been identified as a weakness against this Rams team. I think Allison has a nice day, and I'm going to start his ass. Yeah, that's a that's a tough. That's a tough matchup for me because could I see it going that way where the Packers are able to hang in there and make it a high-scoring game? I could see it going that way. But I could also see it going where that offensive line of Green Bay just can't hang and uh, the Rams do what they did last week with seven sacks, two fumbles, two picks, and only gave up 220 yards to San Fran. Granted, San Fran's nowhere near what Aaron Rodgers is doing. We got C.J. Beathard and Aaron I get that. I get that. But Beathard did look good. Versus a couple teams. I will take 50 yards and a touchdown. 50 yards and a touchdown. The Geronimo, Geronimo Allison. Allison. Bet it. It's a bet. Yes! Woo! If it's 49 and a touchdown, we're real mad. We got to do something fun here. So we're going to make some bets. Yeah. Even, if, even if it's about Geronimo. Geronimo's been a stud. Hey, Flex Geronimo. Stud. Hey! Geronimo. Oh, my kid oh. loves that fucking song. Uh, what do we got here? I got a wide receiver for you. I got two wide receivers for you. Not much stats here, guys, so I'm just going to give you a flex, guys. I think these guys are in good spots. Allen Robinson, whole matchup against the Jets. You know, we've mentioned last week, I think the Jets are down. Fuck. A couple corners, a couple safeties. They're beat up as fuck in the secondary. And if Allen Robinson appears healthy with practice reports coming into the game, you know, I think Mitchell gets back to where he was with him before he started getting hurt, where he was feeding him uh, quite a bit. And then I think Larry Fitzgerald, old man Larry. Uh, if you've been following any of the coach talk here, new offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, Leftwich is saying he's going back to the Aryan ways, not the Aryan race. Ooh, but the Aryan ways, there. and uh, he wants to feed Larry a little bit more, okay? So I think this is a good week for Larry to get some targets and some action, even though I'm not a big fan of Rosen just yet. Yeah, a little nervous about that Fitz call. I know he said he wants to get him involved, but he's just not hes just not been very good yet. And, I, and it's more the offense than it is Larry. The other thing about Allen Robinson he played last week, but I feel like he played really injured last week, maybe as a decoy. He hasn't practiced much this week. you got to imagine he's a little bit better. Yes, it's a really prime uh, opportunity for him against the Jets, but do check your injury uh, news on him and how much he's really actually ready to go before you play. But I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. All right, at the uh, running back position, I'm going to give you two running backs, same team. And by that, I mean one of the two of these guys is going to have a great game. The other one's going to have a good game. I think both of them are at the very least, yeah, you think about the bet you want to make here, are at the very least flex-worthy. That is another team coming out of their bye, Seattle Seahawks, and it's Chris Carson and Mike Davis. Look, Chris Carson, 
has been averaging about 20 carries a game in the last three games, a little more than. Uh, he is as healthy as he'll ever be. He's not a guy that stays healthy often, but coming out of this bye, he's feeling good. And the Lions' running defense is just atrocious, giving up the fourth most rushing yards per game on the season. The Seahawks have the seventh most rushing yards per season per uh, on the season per game. That's a match made in heaven for this rushing team that is ready to get it done. Three of the last six backs to carry the ball more than 10 times against the Lions have gained 100 yards on the ground. I expect both Chris Carson and Mike Davis to have at least 10 carries. I expect both of them to be either at or near 100 yards. I expect both of them to be flex-worthy as the Seattle Seahawks, who cannot throw the ball for shit this year, to have a Huge day on the ground against the Detroit Lions. What's your bet, sir? I don't need a bet there, but All right. I'm not buying that one. All right. Come on. What do you got as a flex guy at the at the running back position? Ah, uh, Kenyon Barner. Woo! Deep. A deep flex. You know, we're going deep. I just, I mean, if you're New England, do you want to give James White that many carries up the middle? I would hope not. Kenyon Barner's not that much bigger, but uh, might as well beat him up rather than James White, who's got a little more value to your team. Uh, maybe they pulled someone off the practice squad probably tomorrow, and I won't even know his name, and he'll probably end up getting 15 carries. So maybe, you know. But as but of Bar- right now, Barner it would got, be Kenny Barner, Barner got a lot of the work after Michelle went out last week, and uh, he was serviceable. I don't even know. Mozart? Mostart? Most? <laughs> mo- most? I don't know. Moist? Moist? Moistart? Moster. Moster. There you go. If Brita is out, I think most of it's a good start. Uh, I think he's almost an RB2 against Arizona. Uh, I think he's shown to be much, much better than Alfred Morris. Morris might steal some of that goal line work, but uh, Mostert, I think, would be a great flex. I picked him up in my big money league. I have both guys, Brita and Mostert. I'm kind of rooting for Brita to just be called out. He hasn't been practicing. Just, Just fucking sit his ass, let him get healthy, and I can roll Mostert. In my starting lineup. Uh, and then another guy that uh, Dewey's Nuts already mentioned, Duke Johnson. Game script, I think they try to get him a little more involved. Uh, get get Baker some easy catches. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't run some more screen plays to Duke, you know. Give Baker a chance to make a few more easy plays. They just they seem to be asking a lot out of Baker right now, throwing it downfield a lot. Uh, give him some screen passes, and Duke Johnson's the guy to do it with. So he's my other flex guy. Hugh Jackson did say this week that they 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 always try to find ways to get Duke Johnson the ball. Who knows how much you believe that he didn't touch the ball much last week? I think they make up for it this week. There, I like that interesting tidbit here. All three of the guys you just mentioned, I am starting somewhere this week in one of my fantasy teams. We talked about how great my fantasy teams are, though. Well, so if my picks work out, you're going to be winning a lot of matches. I sure as shit hope I'm going to win. I went, uh, I went one and three last. But week. if I go thirty three percent, not so good. I went one and three last week. How'd you do? Last week I went one and two. Not great for either of my us. overall records, guys. We got six and one. Not too bad. One and six. Five and five and three. Double because ma- you double have some match double matchups. Just, Some in uh, second place, tied for first. Throw this out there. Last place. I'm playing against you 
on your one and sixteen. That's a bet right there, buddy. My one and six squad's gonna take down take down turd biscuits and gravy. No, wrong team. Oh, wrong team. Cured Sorry. meat stick. Cured meat stick. I, I'm only two and five in that league, so it's not it's not looking real Battle good. Battle for the bottom, Look, buddy. Look, we're 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 looking at Baker Mayfield versus Andy Dalton. Ooh, Andy uh, Dalton's mean, got a great matchup. I am running out there, uh, James Conner and Marlon Mack to your Alvin Kamara. Is that and Alex the league Collins. that I own three quarterbacks in? <laughs> I own three in one league too. It's okay. Uh, you got carry on. I'm playing Jalen Rashard. Just saying, oof. I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, but I think I'll beat you. I'm also playing Big Wiz. What's the projection on that matchup you, back there? Go the check projection it out. is you one twenty-seven to one twenty-one. All right, I don't like it. Uh, I, I think I take that one. Down. Hey, you're an active owner though. That can be appreciated. All these guys we talk about, you're trying to go for. So Very you can make active. Something out I've of got it. like 45 fucking moves. If you're not active, you might as well not play fantasy football. Just give it up. All right, last thing. Next thing, anyway, not the last thing. Now that's a stream. Let's look at streamers. Quarterback is the first position that we stream this week. I'm going to take a page out of your notebook, sir. And I'm streaming Baker Mayfield. Don't do it! Cleveland Browns. I know you keep losing on this one, but this is the first week you didn't pick him. And I'm picking him, and he's going to come through for me as he didn't for you. I hope he does. He continues to look better. He's one of these quarterbacks that does pass the eye test. He throws a great ball. He throws a very accurate ball. He's hitting fucking windows that are too small to hit for rookie quarterbacks over and over again. I will say that statistically, it looks like he's throwing a lot of interceptable passes. But to me, that just means he's he's confident enough to hit small targets, and he's hitting them. It's just that his receiving core has not been making the catches. All right, so uh, his targets last week finally started catching the ball. His uh, wide receivers, his, in fact, he was 65% accurate to everybody he targeted last week. In the three previous weeks that he had 40-plus throwing uh, passing attempts, they were about 52% accurate. They caught about 52% of the balls. Um, so if if those wide receivers and Njoku there start catching the ball more like they did last week, I think he'll be fine. I do expect him to have to throw the ball more this week than last. Expect his attempts to be closer to 45 this week than they last week's 23 because they're playing against that Pittsburgh Steelers offense that is going to score a lot. Also, Pittsburgh gives up points through the air. They're the fourth worst against quarterbacks. They did shut down Matt Ryan and Andy Dalton in the last two uh, but I just don't think that they're that good against the pass. Their defensive backfield is not, uh, j- just not that good, and their defensive front is that good. Uh, they're they're real fucking good against the run. They shut people down against the run. I like I said earlier, I don't think Chubb's going to be able to get it done. Make, Baker Mayfield's going to have to throw it a lot. Maybe a lot of it's to Duke Johnson short stuff, David and Joku short stuff. Uh, but I expect the receiving core finally to have some kind of connection and some chemistry. With Baker, maybe they now understand what the ball is going to look like coming out of his hand. That's why they caught the ball finally last week. And if he throws it 45 times again and they catch the ball at somewhere near 65%, yes, he will go 300 and multiple touchdowns this week. Oh, we're reverse betting that shit. Yes, we are. Yeah, baby. 
Woo! Yeah, and I'm gonna win it this time. Holy shit! Same fucking bet. Turned around. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Who's your quarterback? Nah, nah, man. I mean, shit. Well, real quick, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's third in the NFL with 22 sacks on the season. Last week, Cleveland offensive line gave up five sacks to the Tampa Bay fucking Buccaneers, who are way at the fucking bottom in sacks. Uh, I'm a little nervous for Baker in this Pittsburgh matchup. I think this could be potential blowout game, Ooh. 35 to 10 wow. style. Pittsburgh. That's a you know that's I thought I thought call. three weeks ago that this was going to be a good matchup for the Cleveland Brown the Cleveland Browns and their passing game, but. I think Pittsburgh coming off a bye, their defense has been getting better. I think this one gets pretty ugly. Okay. Gets a little shit show style. I hope not, because I got a bet on them. Let's, let's see. Uh, what do I got here? We're looking at a streaming. You said Case Keenum. Quarterback. Yeah, Case Keenum. Again, I looked for somebody that would be available for you to pick up Sunday morning when you're listening to this, pondering what should I do with Cam Newton or Russell Wilson. Or whoever Dewey's Nuts mentioned. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. You're a little drunk there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah! So I think, you know, again, this could be shit. He might get bent. Well, no. That fucking Chad Kelly just got cut for fucking what he, he got do? arrested. Uh, yeah, he, he got, got arrested. First, first degree he? trespass. Yeah, that's right. So I don't even know who their Make backup sure would be. Busted into somebody's hey, home. Case Keenum might have a boost of confidence. There's, there's no <laughs> cheering for Chad Kelly coming from the stands this week. Chase Case Keenum's going to feel a little more comfortable in his own home here. Well, I don't think they're at home, but I think they're at, at Kansas they're in City. Kansas but still, uh, again, this is going to go one of two ways. So this is kind of one of those starts where it's like, you're like, fuck it, I'm one in six. Or you just really don't have another option. Because I really feel Case Keenum's either going to score about seven or he's going to score about 30. I don't think there's going to be much in between. So either this game legit gets into a shootout and he scores 30 because he hits Emmanuel Sanders for a touchdown and whoever else. Maybe Peyton Lindsay runs in a long touchdown on a catch. His name uh, is not Peyton Lindsay. No? No. What is it? Philip. Philip. Peyton Manning. Philip. Fuck, I'm drunk. This fucker <laughs> makes me do shots for losing shit. Hey, hey. But yeah, Case Keenum, I'm done talking. Move on. All right, let's look at the tight end position. Uh, my streamer for this week has looked... <clears throat> to be honest, this is one of the roughest tight end streaming weeks of the year. It was hard to find anybody, but I'm going to give you Ben Watson, New Orleans Saints tight end Ben Watson. They're playing against Minnesota. Minnesota has given up touchdowns to tight ends on half of their games so far this year. <clears throat> ben Watson had a big game last week, 6 for 6 with a touchdown. He's been averaging about four and a half targets per game so far on the year. Yeah, he may score a touchdown. He may not. But what I think you're going to get out of Ben Watson this week is four catches, 50 or 60 yards. And if you can get four catches for 50 or 60 yards from a streaming tight end in a week like this week, I think you're doing just fine. That's going to give you about eight points, which is right about the cusp of what you're looking for from a streamer. You got anything better than that? I don't know if I can go better, but I've got an option for you deep fucking deep, deep dick divers here. Jeff? Is it Jeff? It is. Jeff, yeah. Jeff. Jeff. Good old Jeff Hireman. <laughs> Piggybacking on that Case Keenum option. Yeah. 1% owned on Yahoo. I think I actually mentioned him on a daily deep throat about four or five weeks ago. 
as an option. Hi, hi, I'm, hi. I'm back in the the hi, 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 Give him a look, man. You know, I don't know. He's there. He's available. The best you got to tell us is that he's available. Be- better than starting a bye week tight end. That's I true. can tell you that. Don't much. put a zero out on the bench. Let's look at defenses because we hate the tight end position. Um, I actually really like the Indianapolis Colts defense again this week. Uh, they've been okay for, they've been a terrible NFL defense on the year, but they've been okay for fantasy. 13th best, right about the middle of the pack. They get to play the Oakland. Raiders this week. This is the first week without Amari Cooper on that team. This is the first week without Marshawn Lynch coming out and suiting up for that team. It's a team that's reeling right now. I think they're going to try to, they have to try to figure out who they are as a team with all these backup players. John Gruden is not a very good coach. We know that by now. I think he's going to have a hard time getting this team all on the same page, ready to go with these new starters stepping into roles that they did not have. And I think Indianapolis Colts are going to take advantage of that and score themselves some positive point production via turnovers, via sacks, against a really bad Oakland team that has gotten a lot worse since their bye week. I'm all right with that. I don't think anybody likes Oakland. No, Wiz used to. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what? They've had quite a few shitty fucking defensive performances this year. They gave up, oh, God, 425 yards, 495 yards, 481 yards. Last week, they gave up 551 yards and 45 points to the Chiefs. But that's the exact reason why you start a team like the Cincinnati Bengals a week after that shit show performance. Because can it get any worse? (laughs) <laughs> is that, is that it, your argument there? <laughs> it cannot get any worse. You know, the NFL, like I've talked about before, I do that wave motion with my hands that you guys can't see, yeah, yeah. you know, over the air. But that's what happens. You're like, oh, Cincinnati's going to get fucking torched by Jameis Winston for 400 yards. And then you know what happens? Jameis Winston throws for 175. Or that's Jameis kind of Winston that goes for 412, and, again, and it's not as bad as last week. This is a streamer, okay? This that's is true. a take-the-shot fucking streamer. So, last week, the Buccaneers, yeah, they won the game against the Browns. They had four turnovers as a team and gave up four sacks. I could care less how many yards you give up. I could care less if you give up 40 points. Some leagues don't even penalize you for points against, especially if you're in that type of league where you're just looking for sacks and turnovers. I guarantee that the Bengals get some sacks, that the Bengals get a few turnovers on Jameis Winston. Positive point production. It's going to happen. Your defense. Exactly. I don't know that. I'm I, not going to do the other one. I don't know that I'd buy it. I'm crossing that other one. That's, that's fine. Uh, those are our streamers this week. We got a we got a segment just for the bullfrog. I apologize in advance. He's having a hard time, but he's going to tell you how he thinks you might be able to win some money in your dailies. Daily deep throat. How you guys been doing on that daily? You guys been playing at all? Haven't heard from you. We'd love to hear from you via Twitter. How you're doing? Are you winning money? Are you listening to him? Are, are you waiting for his input and then doing the exact opposite and winning lots of money? I want to know it all, guys. We want to talk about it on the air. Honestly, I'm pretty confident that the names I've been giving you have been good. I just continue to fail the right to piece it together of- correctly. Or I defer from my own research 
read some other dumb fucks article Sunday morning and go and play their people instead of my own, and it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. So this week, I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, here's my quarterbacks that I like. Andrew Luck. Bing, bang. First sure. time. 8300 bucks on FanDuel. Andy Dalton, 7800 Winston, 7800 I just kind of gave Winston a little shit. I did not say that they weren't going to score a lot. I just said that he can turn the ball over a few times. And uh, the deep, the deep, deep, dark hole sleeper, Case Keenum at seven grand. If you want to go real cheap at quarterback, again, if you're going to differentiate lineups, throw Case Keenum in there at least once. Running backs, again, how do you fade Todd Gurley? Can you fade no, in a matchup against the Packers? I don't think you can. I, he's eleven thousand. That's three thousand dollars more than Kareem Hunt. That is one thousand dollars per touchdown he's got on the ground this year. Three thousand more than Kareem Hunt. Worth it. I like Kareem Hunt at eighty one hundred. I like uh, Philip Lindsay at sixty five hundred. I like Marlon Mack if he gets a clean bill of health at sixty seven hundred. I like Carryon Johnson at sixty nine hundred. I like Tariq Cohen because he just seems like the better running back. But he's 7100 He's more expensive than those previous three. So most likely because of that, I probably fade Tariq Cohen. Uh, and I like Mostert at 5600 as a low, low price guy if Brita is out. I think he's your must-start flex play against the Cardinals. Mostert. Wide receivers. If I'm starting Luck, I'm pairing him with T.Y. Hilton. No question. If I choose Luck, you got to pair him with T.Y. Hilton in this game. This should be the game where he gets a long touchdown. Uh, he's clearly the go-to guy. He had two short one-yard touchdowns or something last week, and that never fucking happens for T.Y. Hilton. I like A.J. Green at 8800 Pretty pricey. I like Boyd at 6800 Those are two Bengals receivers. I like Robinson at 6300 for the Bears. Odell at 8,500s have great numbers against Norman as long as he doesn't get in a fist fight with him on the field. He's a changed man. And is able to play the whole game. Uh, I like both healthy Rams receivers, Woods and Cooks. But again, you're going to have to pick one or the other. I'm I'm not a proponent of picking receivers and running backs on the same team. So if you're going to pay up for Gurley, you gotta you got to fade those two receivers for the Rams. If you're going to fade Gurley, then I would say starting one of those Rams receivers is a must because they're going to score points. If you don't have a piece of the Rams offense, then I feel like you're probably going to be wishing you did. Uh, Juju and Antonio Brown, obviously good matchups against the Browns. And, uh, oh, fuck, I can't even read my own writing. Oh, yeah, Old Man Larry at 5800 bucks Seems like a real bargain. You're all in on that Larry. That Byron Leftwich Larry Fitzgerald yeah. connection. Tight ends. Again, if you're going to pay up, there's one clear guy on uh, the main slate, and that's Travis Kelsey at 7300 If you're going low, ugh, Uzama, 5400 mm-hmm. Cook, Oakland. He's got to be one of their prime guys at 5900 Who was your guy for a streamer? Was it Uzama? No. No. Uh, Who you have for ben your streamer? Ben Watson. Ben Watson. Maybe take uh, maybe take Dewey's nuts as word of Ben don't, Watson. Don't. <laughs> if you want to go real cheap, Hireman. Again, don't if you if you either. if you play if you play Keenum, you gotta pick somebody from that passing game. Maybe it's Sanders going against what Dewey's nuts said. Maybe it's Hireman, and you can stack up on those stud running backs and receivers. 
Defenses, I like Chicago. I like Kansas City. You mentioned them as uh, slowing down the Denver Broncos. So, again, you could have some mix and match lineups. Maybe you play the Broncos to go big in one lineup, and maybe you go the Chiefs defense to go big in another one. I like Pittsburgh D at 3,800. They're going to be one of the cheaper defenses at home against Cleveland. I think that's a great value. Done. Yeah, right. Bitches. We have one last. We, oh, there's only two of us. We can't really play a would you rather. So instead, let's jump to. Who you got? Let's look at our survivor pool. We sit as we have for the past five or six weeks. I've got two strikes. The two of these other dipshits have one strike apiece. Unfortunately, they made a poor choice this week, and that might change. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Denver Broncos. Feels to me like the second most obvious choice. If I had the Patriots to pick again, I would, but I don't. Wiz could have and chose not to. Instead, who did you guys, both of you, pick to win this week? Well... Obviously, I like the Pats at the Bills. Already used the New England. I like the Rams. Home against the Pack. Already used the Rams. The other teams left that I like a lot would be the Steelers at home against the Browns, the Chiefs at home against the Broncos, who you choose, Mm -hmm. and the Bears at home against the Jets. And when I looked out at their schedule coming down the line, I felt like I had a few more games where I would feel comfortable picking the Steelers. I felt as if I had a few more games I would feel comfortable picking the Chiefs. And I felt as if I didn't really feel that comfortable with another Bears pick, even at home. So I felt like this was the week to use the Bears. That's what me and the Big Wiz went with. Chicago Bears at home against the Jets. At some point in these survivor pools, you got to pick teams that may just aren't aren't that solid. And if you're going to pick the Bears... It's, you got to think this is a good week to do it. Uh, I just don't think Mitchell Trubisky is worth the fucking skin that it took to make him. So, uh, fuck him. All right, guys. We are done. Thank you for listening. You know how to catch us. I'm not even going to say it again. Instead, I'm just going to tell you to go fuck off. I need another shirt. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Do us a favor by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, like, follow, and share our Facebook page, and leave reviews everywhere to let people know just how much you love us. We'll see you back next week to make more of your fantasies come true.